Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Dan from Georgia. This is uh, Genesis to Revelation, February 20, 2021, and uh, we're in the dark winter predicted by Fauci, and it doesn't seem to be getting bright out there anytime soon, but uh, welcome. Uh, we're going to be doing more Genesis uh, uh, reading and uh, d- uh, discussion. Uh, but first, uh, there was a leftover question last week about uh, Genesis 17:27, and the translation. Which uh, let me just go to it. So, how are you doing uh, this morning, Dan? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. And so, uh, uh, in fact, I, I should put this link in the uh, chat room for your Skype as well, so you can take a look at it. And the Okay, there we go. The the word in question is nekar, and so let me just go there real quick uh, at uh, Brother Airbear's website. Now there's a whole section. He's uh, he's doing quite an extensive study on the word stranger, as it appears in Scripture, and uh, he and I have talked uh, several times about. Well, whether the word stranger is actually a good translation. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. It depends on the word because there's like a, a, at least eight different words that are translated as stranger, alien, foreigner, etc., etc. But sometimes it simply means a sojourner. And a sojourner is not always someone who is a stranger to you. It could be somebody actually known to you passing through your territory on a pilgrimage. And that's another possible definition of a stranger uh, is a pilgrim. Okay, so uh, there's and there's plenty of cases where pilgrims are not necessarily unknown to you. So they could be known to you, but just passing through. You say, hi, hi, Fred, how you doing? Yeah, so we're going to... to uh, the pilgrimage uh, in Jerusalem. So uh, nice to see you. Oh, maybe we'll see you on the way back, right? So it's not always someone who's completely foreign to you, which is what the definitions and the concordances imply, okay? So that's one thing. But here on this word, Genesis uh, 17, 27, uh, let me just read it. And I'll, I'll open up. I'm at, uh, yeah, here we are. Okay. So Genesis 17, 27. Uh, let me see. Let me back up uh, to verse 25. Set the context here. Uh, and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh <clears throat> of his foreskin. Of course, Ishmael was a son of uh, Abraham and Hagar. And uh, in the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son. Nothing wrong there. And all the men of his house, born in the house, and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. So, reading this verse very, very carefully, we see it's not the stranger that was circumcised here. The word stranger here is nekar. And just uh, jumping over to uh, Brother Airbear's chart, we can see, let me just run down through a couple of uh, instances of Nekar. It's uh, Exodus 12.43, No son of the Nekar to eat the Passover. Uh, Leviticus 22.25, No offering acceptable from the hand of a son of a Nekar. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.16, the gods of the Nekar of the land, uh, apparently forbidden, okay, uh, forsaking Yahweh for Nekar gods, that's Joshua 24.20, and of course it's uh, all, almost always translated as stranger and or foreigner. So it's really obvious from the numerous instances, a couple of dozen instances, that uh, Nekar people are not to partake with Israelites or uh, even with the sons of Abraham in these various rituals. Okay, so what's going on in Genesis seventeen twenty-seven? Well, it's not a, a Nekar that's being circumcised here. It's a person 
who was bought with the money of a Neckar. So I think what's going on here is Abraham has redeemed someone who was purchased by a Neckar tribe, maybe as a slave or maybe simply uh, kidnapped and uh, used as a slave by a Neckar tribe, whatever tribe that might be. And Abraham uh, redeemed that person or rescued that person and brought him into his household. And this is the person who was circumcised, not the Neckar person. Okay, so that is what's going on here. And uh, it wasn't the stranger himself that was circumcised. Uh, over to you. Is that, is that clear, Dan? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know why the translators use that word stranger so much instead of just using, say, uh, uh, fellow Israelite or non-Israelite, you know, something of that nature. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, they didn't want to differentiate between Israelites and non-Israelites, right? So, right. Yeah. And uh, and they use these broad categories of words, which turn out in many cases are not a good translation. And uh, like, for example, the, the word nekar in Hungarian means almost or, or a stranger, not quite, not quite a kinsman, <laughs> right? And it has come down to mean not quite, uh, not quite authentic. It's it's almost, but not quite authentic. And so it's interesting that these words still survive down through all these ages. So I think that's what's going on in Genesis seventeen twenty seven. It was not a a Neckar person that was circumcised, but a person who was redeemed from a Neckar household, having previously been purchased, or 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 kidnapped or stolen, by a Neckar household, and Abraham has redeemed that person with money. Okay, that's uh, so that's what's going on there. All right, and so as uh, Brother Abair continues with his word study, uh, we'll get more and more clarity on these various different words, uh, such as nokri, nekar, ger, so many. And uh, But ger is a word where the, the object is always a person of the same race as the subject of the sentence. Okay, so uh, if it's a, a ger uh, of, of Israel, then uh, he would be a quote-unquote stranger in the town of another Gare. And so, uh, which would mean that uh, it's, it's the same race. So the word Gare is people almost always of the same race. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll leave that for Brother Abraham to figure out. He's doing a word study on this, and he'll probably do a bunch of shows on this subject. So just to get clarity on the biblical language, okay? So... All right, so let's continue now with uh, Genesis 18. Chapter 18. Yeah, okay. And the Lord appeared unto him, speaking of Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to, to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord... If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent, unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. 
and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Yeah, it's a, it, verse eight, verse 13 is kind of interesting because it says, And Yahweh said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am... So Yahweh is asking Abraham, I can see you're asking me how am I supposed to account for my wife's behavior, right? <laughs> so, so, so she laughed. Okay. Well, actually, so did Abraham. <laughs> Back to you. Verse fifteen. Then Sarah denied, saying, "I laugh not, for she was afraid." <laughs> and he said, "Nay, but thou did laugh." Yep. Yep. You and can't. You rose... can't fool Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham, Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And Yahweh said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Mm-hmm. For I, him, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of Yahweh to do justice and judgment, that Yahweh may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And Yahweh said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. Yeah, now it's kind of unclear because we talked about uh, Abraham and Lot, and Lot being dropped off at Sodom and Gomorrah last time. Uh, who who were the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah at this time? Well, it kind of could not have been very good people, right? Was it Canaanites? Was it the various heathen tribes uh, from around there? You know what we would call Arabs today, and uh, 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 Sabbateans, Nabateans, and those type of people who uh, you know frequented the area but are not uh, of the uh, household of Shem. Okay, or uh, possibly of any of the other sons of Noah. Okay, so uh, they could or what do you call it? Uh, are they Canaanites? Because we know that there's a lot of the Canaanites were existing in the land when Abraham sojourned there. Okay, so or are they uh, stragglers from Egypt, from Ethiopia, let's say? Okay, so it doesn't identify who they are, but they're not good people. That's for sure. Back to you. Probably a hodgepodge of everybody. Yeah, it could be. Yep. Yeah, like New York City, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Verse 22. And the men turned their faces from thence. and But Abraham stood yet before Yahweh. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And Yahweh said, If I find fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall be lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. (laughs) So Abraham's trying to talk him down here. Right, bargaining. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how many good people? But uh, yeah, please continue. Yep. And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure, there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall be thirty found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be twenty found there. 
And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. <laughs> and he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Okay. And Yahweh went his way as soon as he had left commuting with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. So will Abraham find ten righteous people in nope. Sodom and Gomorrah? Let's find out. Uh, Genesis chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even or evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street oh, all wow. night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That, Dangerous move there. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Well, of course they're angels, but nevertheless, yeah, I, I guess they're they're on a recon mission here. Maybe yeah. they're looking for those ten good people. Yeah, yeah. And he pressed upon them greatly, <clears throat> and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and he did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into in thee this night? Bring them out to us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for they came, for therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. So what was and Lot the, thinking here? So offering his daughters in place of the, the so-called angel men that just uh, abode in his house. Maybe so, he knew that they would have no interest in the daughters. And just, <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe you know? he, he knew they were homosexuals. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a strange now, offer. Back to you. It is a strange offer, though. Mm -hmm. I don't know of any parent that would, no. that would do that with their No, their that would never kids. occur to me. <laughs> yeah, it might have been Passover <laughs> week. It might have been Passover week, uh, although, uh, yeah, because it was, what do you call it, unleavened bread, but we're not sure. Back to you. Verse 9, and they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs to he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with him, than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. Hmm. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, wow. both small and great, so that they themselves, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. I wish I could do that to evil people. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right there, be blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. deal with well. Yeah. And the men said unto Lot, "Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city?" Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of Yahweh, mm. and Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. Wow. And Lot okay. went out. Yeah. Wanna, well, I was just, uh, uh, they're, they're telling me, Yahweh sent us to destroy this place, because it looks like he determined already that he won't be able to find ten righteous men in Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. Verse 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for Yahweh will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, Yahweh being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and sat him without the city. 
So I guess the daughters were not raped, and obviously the angels were not raped by the men of Sodom. (laughs) Right. Yep. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight. And thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Hmm. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. So he wants to escape to a a neighboring town instead of going far. Okay, yeah. All right. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Okay, so I wonder if that town still exists. Zoar. Interesting. I think I've I've seen it in other parts of the Bible that city uh-huh. mentioned in other parts, but uh, yeah. Okay, so there's a nearby city of refuge called Zoar. Okay. Uh, verse twenty-three: The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then Yahweh rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from Yahweh out of heaven, and He overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But His wife looked back Uh-oh. from behind Him, and she became a pillar of salt. I guess this is just a figure of speech, obviously, in verse twenty-six. This pillar of salt. Yeah, that's a common figure of speech in uh, Semitic languages. So it means paralyzed with fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, not this. It isn't possible for Yahweh to turn a person into a literal pillar of salt, but right. uh, I think we're talking about the metaphorical usage here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 27 And Abraham got up early in, in the morning to the place where he stood before Yahweh. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld, and lo, The smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. Okay. And, and the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Yeah, we just come. destroyed all of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son, and called his name Benami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Okay, so obviously these are children of incest, but they are at this this point in time uh, Adamites. And in fact, Shemites as well. Okay, so uh, but nevertheless, they are products of incest. All right, let's go to chapter twenty. Chapter twenty. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, "She is my sister." 
and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will thou also slay a righteous nation? She said, she said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she, even she herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands. Have I done this? And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die. Okay, so... Uh, now, apparently, uh, Abimelech was a Philistine. I haven't been able to do a lot of research on it, but uh, the Philistines were Hamites, but they were not Canaanites. Okay? And so, th throughout the history between the Philistines and the Israelites, there was uh, sometimes peace, sometimes war, but Yahweh never ordered the Israelites to exterminate the Philistines, so they were not of the contaminated scene of Canaan. Okay, back to you. Verse 8. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. That's right. <laughs> and Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou, that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Okay. And yet, it, yes. and yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Okay, so it was a half lie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. And it, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place whither we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and woman servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. Well, that was very generous of him. And Abimelech said, yeah. Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. So he's going to let him live anywhere he wants. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. As well. Yeah. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For Yahweh had fast closed, up, fast closed up all the wounds of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. <laughs> right. But it was all Abraham's fault for lying to him in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, all is well that ends well, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Chapter 21. And here we have the birth of Isaac. And Yahweh visited Sarah as he had said, and Yahweh did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac, his son, was born unto him. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should, given children, should have given children suck? 
for I have borne him a son in his old age. Yeah, and she's 90. He's 99. She's, she's 90. 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Okay, in the book of Jasher, uh, there's more to the story where Sarah actually witnessed uh, Ishmael draw a bow and aim it at Isaac with the intention of killing him. So there was more than just mocking going on here. Uh, Sarah was totally afraid for Isaac's life at this point. Okay, well that makes more sense, Yeah, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, Verse 11, And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Okay, there's the famous verse, Genesis twenty-one twelve, In Isaac shall thy posterity be called. Only we Anglo-Saxons can say that. Isaac's sons, Saxons. Yeah, Isaac's sons, amen. So the very, very famous verse that just about everybody else overlooks, except those of us in identity. Back to you. Verse 13. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make thee a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bowshot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. Well, it's very interesting that the distance is a bowshot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because uh, apparently that, that's uh, the pro- that was the problem with the, uh, with the situation that Ishmael had drawn a bow and is about to kill uh, Isaac. So it's very interesting that that's the terminology being used here. Back to you. Verse 17, And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven. And said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. Uh And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Verse 22. So so obviously the Ishmaelites are part of the multitudinous seed prophesied coming from the loins of Abraham. Okay. But these uh, these were not Jews. (laughs) None of these prophesied posterity are, in fact, Jews. Period. Back to you. Verse 22. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water, which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I wot not not who hath done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it but today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Did you want to say something? Yeah, well, apparently the relationship between Abimelech and Abraham is fraught with uh, problems, okay? Uh, Not not necessarily deliberate, 
but somebody went in and uh, I guess uh, destroyed the well, <laughs> right, without uh, Abimelech's knowledge. And uh, so Abraham was, uh, okay, so now he's doing me wrong. I did him wrong. And uh, again, this is, uh, it shows that we really have to, you know, be honest and straightforward with everybody we run into so and ask them, well, what happened here? You know, you can't assume that somebody had done deliberately wrong. Just can't assume that, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> to you. Verse 29, And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What mean these seven new lambs which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, For these seven new lambs shalt thou take of my hand, that they may be a wilt a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Wherefore, he called that place Beersheba, because there they swear both of them. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up, and Phicol, the chief captain of, the, of his host, and they returned unto the land of the Philistines. Okay, yeah, so they are Philistines, okay, but they're, they're not Canaanites. All right, back to you. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of Yahweh, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. Okay, peaceably. Very good. Okay, so now now here's the big uh, potential sacrifice of Isaac in Genesis 22. Major development here. Chapter 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou love, and get get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and his and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Dad, you forgot something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of Yahweh called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Okay, now this is obviously, this whole scenario is a a premonition. Yeah, it's a test for Abraham, for sure. But it's also a premonition of Yahweh uh, sacrificing his own son, at uh, Passover yeah. in 33 A.D., okay? So uh, so there's a double meaning to all of this stuff going on here, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we see that, well, no, never would Yahweh have allowed Isaac to actually have been sacrificed, okay? Because the posterity, <laughs> the light of posterity would have been destroyed, okay? So he couldn't allow that to happen. Uh, although, as uh, I think Abraham said, if necessary, Yahweh would provide him with yet another son, mm-hmm. if necessary. But it, w- it wasn't necessary because that was never intended for Isaac to die. Back to you. Verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. 
And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Mm-hmm. And Abraham called the name of that of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Yahweh shall it be seen. And the angel of Yahweh called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith Yahweh, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Yes, and so and, the blessing through Abraham here, you know, devolves upon all his uh, posterity, of course. But uh, as we know throughout history, wherever the white race has settled, we have been a blessing, uh, bringing technology and uh, art, uh, religion, uh, just about everything that we call civilization we have brought with us and improved a lot of the nations that uh, yeah, we have settled among. And there's no doubt about that. Okay? All right, back to you. And you never see uh, people from, I mean, you always see people from other nations wanting to be where we are. Right. Coming to our countries. Never yeah, not, vice yeah. versa. Not uh, on their own. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And because uh, you don't, you never saw black Africans coming to Europe and improving our culture. Right. Right. right? That never happened. <laughs> okay. Never. Right. Verse 20. Okay. And Very it, good. And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she has also borne children unto thy brother Nahor. Huz, his firstborn, and Buzz, his brother, and Kemuel, the father of Aram. And Chesed, and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jidlot, and Bethuel. And Bethuel begat Rebekah. These eight Milcah did bear to Nahor, Abraham's brother. And his concubine, whose name was Rumah, she bare also Teba, and Gaham, and Thahash, and Maacah. Okay, so this is uh, apparently part of the posterity that will be a blessing. And uh, Camille, the father of Aram. And so we see that uh, the related tribes of, uh, well, we would call them Aramites or, or um, Arameans or Syrians is the uh, general term used for these people. And uh, that uh, Abraham would get uh, Isaac's wife from among these people. Okay. All right. And, and not uh-huh. from a foreign race. Okay. All right. All right. So, Jenna, yeah. let's see how much time we have. About 15 minutes. I think we can get uh, these chapters are pretty straightforward, so not a whole lot okay. of commentary here. All right. Chapter 23. And Sarah was 127 years old. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died in Kerjath Arba. The same as Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham stood up from before his dead and spake unto the sons of Heth, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a possession of a burying place with you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the children of Heth answered Abraham, saying unto him, Hear us, my Lord, thou art a mighty prince among us. In the choice of our sepulchres, bury thy dead. None of us shall withhold from thee his sepulchre, but that thou mayest bury the dead, thy dead. Okay, so these now are not related to Abimelech. These are Hethites, the children, or what, what we know as Hittites. Although not, not uh, quite, um, uh, how should I put it? not quite the enemies of Abraham uh, in this scenario that they might otherwise be. Okay, and we'll find out that they later will be. Back to you. Verse 7, And Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, 
even to the children of Heth. And he communed with them, saying, if it, if it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat me to Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Mac Machpelah, which he has, which is in the end of his field. For as much money as it is worth, he shall give it me for a possession of a burying place amongst you. And Ephron dwelt among the children of Heth. And Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the audience of the children of Heth, Heth, even of all that went in at the gate of his city, saying, Nay, my lord, hear me. The field give I thee, and the cave that is therein I give it thee. In the presence of, thy, of the sons of my people give I it thee. Bury thy dead. And Abraham bowed down himself before the people of the land. And he spake unto Ephron in the audience of the people of the land, saying, But if thou wilt give it, I pray thee, hear me, I will give thee money for the field. Take it of me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephron answered Abraham, saying unto him, My lord, hearken unto me. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that betwixt me and thee? Bury therefore. Bury, therefore, thy dead. Okay, so he keeps refusing the money. Abraham keeps pressing. <laughs> Here, take my money. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know whether Ephraim doesn't want to uh, seal the deal by accepting the money, but we'll find out. Let's continue. Verse 16. And Abraham hearkened unto Ephraim, and Abraham weighed to Ephraim the silver, which he had named in the audience of the sons of Heth. 400 shekels of silver, current money with the merchant. Okay. And the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field, and the cave which was therein, and all the trees that were in the field that were in the borders round about were made sure. Unto all right, Abraham, the deal was done. Okay, I'll bet, uh, I'll bet this cave is still there. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Archaeologists should uh, be able to find it. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 18. Unto Abraham for a possession in the presence of the children of Heth before all that went in at the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre. The same is Hebron in the land of Canaan. And the field and the cave that is therein were made sure unto Abraham for a possession of a burying place by the sons of Heth. Okay, so there we have this burying place uh, secured by Abraham for uh, his later posterity. So we'll see how often it was used. All right, okay, chapter 24. Chapter 24, and Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And Yahweh had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by Yahweh, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. Mm -hmm. It was that, serious stuff. They yeah, were, right. Mean, Absolutely. Not like today where, you know, people marry anybody. They, they right. take it much more seriously back then. Exactly, yeah. Verse 4, But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou, that thou bring not my son thither again. Yahweh God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt, not, thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. Okay. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, 
Nebuchadnezzar and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. Okay, so that's quite a distance to, to go and find uh, a wife. But nevertheless, these are still uh, racial um, you know, Shemites in this territory. Okay? Yep. <clears throat> Verse 11. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, Send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So uh, a compassionate woman <laughs> is looking for Yeah. Okay. All right. And and he uh, Isaac doesn't even get a say-so in it, does he? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And it okay. came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her, at her held his peace to wit whether Yahweh had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of 10 shekels weight of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover, unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed his head and worshipped Yahweh. And he said, Blessed be Yahweh God of my master Abraham who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, Yahweh led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man, unto the well. And it came to pass, when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and beheld, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessest of, blessed of Yahweh, wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and the room for the camels. And the men came into the house, and he ungirdled his camel, ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set meat before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, Speak on. Okay. And he said, I am Abraham's servant, and Yahweh has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great and has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and manservants and maidservants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and said, And unto him hath he given all that he has. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. 
but thou shalt go unto my father's house and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son. And I said unto my master, peradventure, the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, Yahweh, before whom I walk, will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. Then shalt okay. thou be clear. From I think he already this... knows who that is. <laughs> okay. Yep. But, okay. Then shalt thou be clear from this my oath when thou comest to my kindred. And if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master, Abraham, my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom Yahweh has appointed for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down into the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her, and I said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, who milk up air unto him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hands. And I bowed my head bowed down my head and worshiped Yahweh and blessed Yahweh God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. And now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from Yahweh, we cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go and let her be thy master's son's wife, as Yahweh has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped Yahweh, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah, and he gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night, and they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away unto my master." Okay, so uh, uh, the vision was fulfilled. Uh, uh, Abraham's servant explained himself thoroughly. They understood, and Rebecca's the one. Yep. Uh, no doubt in anybody's mind that uh, Rebecca is the one. And uh, we're just about out of time, so we'll have yep. to finish this uh, chapter uh, next week. But uh, we found a wife for Isaac. Praise Yahweh. All right. Okay, folks. Thank you, Dan. Take care. All Yahweh right. bless Thank everybody. You. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye. <clears throat>